Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Isn't she precious? Such a beautiful soul. I never thought that I would be the son of someone as lovely as she. Isn't she lovely? She's my mom. Isn't she pretty? Truly the angel's best. Boy, I'm so happy. I have been heaven blessed. And I can't believe what God has done. I might be the luckiest son. But isn't she lovely? She's my mom. My mom, my mom, I 
Again, I want to welcome you and thank you for watching with us from wherever you are on this beautiful Mother's Day. And um, I just want to say that uh, it's kind of disappointing that we don't get to meet together today because I want to speak to you about a season of fruitfulness. However, I think for a lot of us in this last several weeks, what we feel like we've been going through is a season of disappointment. And disappointments happen. They happen all the time. But I want to start off uh, with a phrase that I hope you'll catch. And and this is a very central point in my message today. And it's coming at you fast. It's coming at you right now. And it's this. I heard a pastor say one time, and it stuck with me, that not every disappointment is a disaster. Not every disappointment is a disaster. But it can feel that way. It really can. Sometimes we deal with disappointments and we make it something so huge. I don't know if you're like me. But sometimes I can tend to overreact to things uh, where something wouldn't go my way and I just make it so much bigger in the theater of my own mind where like maybe I'll find out someone doesn't like me and then I turn it into, well, well no one likes me, right? Like it's, it's terrible. Or, or maybe um, uh, like I'll try something new at work. I'll have an idea and I'll think this is really going to be effective. It's, we're going to be successful and we try it and it fails and I think nothing is working. It's all falling apart. We tend to overreact to things sometimes and we can go through times where we feel like we're in seasons of disappointment and I don't have to rehash it again we all know this last season hasn't necessarily gone the way that we want it to go and today I want to take a look at a parable um, that Jesus teaches in Luke chapter 13 and really the context of what's taking place here is he's trying to explain to us and, and teach us through a parable what, what's going on with the heart of the Heavenly Father and how the Heavenly Father is disappointed with the religious system of the day. Because what was taking place then is a lot like what we see sometimes taking place now where people were replacing a personal relationship with God and they were replacing it with a religious system. They were replacing it with, with thinking maybe if I do these rituals or I act these certain ways or if I show up to church and get enough stars on the chart of life that, that maybe that will be how I'll be successful in a walk with God. And God all, from the get-go is like, that is not what, what I intended all along. I'm disappointed by the way I'm seeing people do life because I intended them to do life with me. And it's in that context that Jesus begins showing us um, a story and teaching us, and he uses an agricultural analogy of, of how we are not just to understand the Heavenly Father's disappointment with our, our choice to not always draw close to him in a personal relationship, but we can pull some principles out of this today that are so applicable about what do you and I do when we're going through a season of disappointment, and how can we turn that into a season 
of fruitfulness. So I want to go ahead and start reading right out of Luke chapter 13, verse 6. It says this. This is Jesus talking. It says, Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went and looked for fruit on it, but did not find anything. Now let's just stop right there. Have you ever gone to an area of your life where you expected to see something, you expected to see some fruit and there was nothing there? Maybe an area where you've invested into uh, in your life and you were, you were expecting to see some change and there was no change. Maybe it's like you invested into your health and, and then you get on the scale and you realize the scale looks exactly the way it did last month or the month before that. Or maybe in a relationship, you've been investing into a relationship and you're not receiving the reciprocation. It's like you put the money in the vending machine and now all of a sudden the bag of Cheetos falls up against the glass and you're stuck there going, well, like, wait a minute, no! this is not good. I expect that I'm going to get a return on my investment. And that is what Jesus gives us a picture of here. He's going, see, there's a disappointment when you expect there to be a return. When I have planted a tree and and I'm taking care of the tree, I'm investing into it and nothing is coming out of it, at least not what I'm expecting to come out of it. So it goes on and says in verse 7, so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. And I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. So I want to speak to you today from the subject, a fruitful season, a fruitful season. So right there, pray with me, and let's ask God to speak to us. God, right now, as we read your word, we know your word will not return void, so we pray that you would teach us right now, and you would, for each of us individually, God, we'd see Jesus, we'd see your plan for how we're supposed to handle the different seasons of life and how we can be fruitful in the seasons of life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. See, there's a lot of ways you could look at this passage. I think two very good ways that you could look at it is you could first look at it from a historical point of reference, how uh, Jesus for three years in his ministry had been um, going around and, and, and teaching people that the establishment of, of the way people were doing religion was no longer producing fruit. That it, become, it had become ritualistic instead of personal. And so since it wasn't personal and there wasn't fruit growing there, there was no healing. There was no love. There was no generosity. There was no comfort. The fruit that God wanted in, in, in his church, the fruit that God wanted in his people, it wasn't there. So Jesus is going around and he's fighting the establishment. He's like, listen, guys, you're missing it. And your heavenly father's looking down and he's disappointed because what he expects to see coming out of his people, he's not seeing coming out of his people. And and we can look at it from a historical point of view and see that Jesus is threatening to uproot the entire system, the entire religious system that's taking place at the time. But on another level, I believe that this is a picture of the way that you and I live our lives and the challenges that you and I face. And the disappointments that you and I face. And I think that there are things that we can pull from it today by looking at a couple of different things from this very short parable that we just read. First, I want to take a look at this parable from the angle of the tree. Okay, Picture this with me. 
Picture this, that there's a tree in the middle of a vineyard. That means there's a group of trees. And in all of these trees, they're in the same vineyard, same ground, same soil. And, and, and this one tree is not producing fruit. And we would assume that the other trees are producing fruit because we see that when the vineyard owner walked through, he singled out this one single tree of saying, oh, wait a minute, this tree is not producing fruit. So we can make the assumption that other trees around, uh, around this tree are producing fruit. And, and, and this is why I say that we need to make that assumption and realization that it's getting pointed out that way is because what you and I, if we're honest, have the tendency to do is when we are not producing fruit in our own lives, we tend to blame the environment. We tend to blame the soil and the ground that we're in. And we start to think, you know, well, really it's external circumstances of why I'm not producing fruit right now. But if you look at the story, wait a minute, the vineyard owner, he wasn't upset with any of the other trees in the vineyard. He was upset with the fact that there was one that was not producing the fruit and he had been investing into it. So when we come up with all of our excuses and we start thinking like, like, well, really, it's because I didn't have the same opportunity as other people had, had in life. And really, I'd be further along if I, if I had had more money when I was growing up. I maybe would have been able to get a different education, or maybe I'm not tall enough, or I'm not thin enough, or I just haven't been given the same opportunities that other people have. And we have all these excuses, but in this parable, what Jesus is doing is Jesus is taking all those excuses and throwing them out the door. Because he's saying, look, all these trees, they're in the same vineyard. They're on the same place, and one of them is not producing fruit. And the truth is, and this is a hard word, but it's an honest word, and I hope, uh, I, I hope you'll take it to heart that, that if the truth is for our lives, if we were to look closely, when we look at areas of our lives where we're not producing fruit, you would be able to look around and start to notice that there are other people in the same circumstances that you're in that are producing fruit. And in fact, a difficult thing for me to recognize and realize is I, I can look around sometimes and see people who, who have less than I have and who have, who have a worse environment, worse soil that they're living their lives in and they're producing more fruit than I'm producing. So it takes all of the excuses away because it's like, wait a minute, people think if I just had more, then I'd be more generous. Or if I just was given this opportunity, then I would be farther along. Or if I just had a different person in my life, then I would be more loving. And, and, and really the truth is, and, and I heard it asked one time, it's a very sobering statement, I think it was Pastor T.D. Jakes one time, he asked the question, could someone else do more with what you have? And I, man, it's, it's humbling when I look at other people and I realize it's like, man, they, they don't have the same resources I have, but somehow they are producing the fruit of generosity that I wish I was producing. Or they haven't had the same opportunities that I have, but somehow they're, they're getting so much farther along in life. And this parable shows us that at some point in your life, if you want to grow and you want to produce fruit, you have to stop blaming the ground. You have to stop blaming your environment. have to stop blaming, oh, it's because of this quarantine. It's because of the way that they shut this down and they shut down that down and there was these layoffs and I didn't get the same opportunity. At some point, if you want to grow, Jesus is showing us here that, look, everyone was in the same vineyard. Uh, maybe the problem has to be dealt with a different way than just circumstances so that you could look at it from the angle of the tree. You could also look at it from the angle of the vineyard owner. Right? 
Because he said, you have one more year to produce fruit, then I'm going to cut this tree down. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything in your life that, that you need to put a timeline on? That you need to put a, a deadline on? And you've been making excuses for years saying, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it's always been. I've always, I've always struggled with this area. I've never been able to stay self-disciplined. and you know, I've never been able to continue to study my Bible. I've never been able to continue uh, to work out. I've never been able to continue. It's just the, the way it is. But I wonder if we could learn from the vineyard owner's point of view. Maybe there's a, a point where we put a deadline on it and we say, listen, I, I'm not going to mess around with this anymore. I'm not going to just sit around and hope things are going to change. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going and decide I'm, for, for a period of time I'm going all out on this and I'm going to make some changes and I'm going to put a deadline on it and I'm going to expect to see some change. I wonder, have you ever put a deadline and said for a period of time there's no quit? There, 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 I, I'm getting into this and I'm going to re, uh, keep investing into this friendship. Uh, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to give it the period of time that it needs right now and it's going to get my all-out effort. And this is what he says he's going to do in order to be able to give an all-out effort into seeing fruit produced where there's disappointment in, instead. These are the two things that we see in this story. And the two things the manager of the property said, he said, if I'm going to give it a year, and these are the two things I'm going to do. Number one, I'm going to dig around it, and then number two, I'm going to fertilize it. Number one, I'm, I'm going to dig around it. In other words, I'm going to dig deeper. And sometimes if there's an area in your life that's not producing, if, if there's a relationship where there's not, there's not growth there, if, if there's a place in your life where where maybe you're, you're trying in your sales, you're trying in your business, and it's just you're not seeing the investment come out that you were expecting to see come out. Maybe it's time to dig a little bit deeper and figure out what's really going on on a deep level that's causing that to not happen. Because what a lot of us will tend to do is we'll see that there's not fruit somewhere on the top of our tree, and we try to figure out how we can get fruit on the top of our tree. So we'll, we'll try to um, glue fruit to the top of our tree. And we'll look for things that will make us feel like we have fruit. Or we'll get on Instagram and edit our pictures to make it look like we have fruit on the top of our tree. And, and, and we, will, we will try to work everything from the top, but the first thing he says, no, 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 no. If, if I want there to be fruit on this tree, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna dig deeper. I'm going to get to the root of what is going on with this tree, what's sick with this tree, what, what's wrong with this tree that is causing it to not produce the fruit that it needs to produce. An example of this would be maybe you want more joy in your life. You know, the Bible says that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control. I know maybe many of you even sitting there on your couch, you, you started reciting that verse with me because you already know it. So many of us, have re, uh, we've studied the fruit of the Spirit. We know that when you are connected with God and you're, you're following Jesus and he's your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit will start producing those things in your life and you might be saying, I want more joy in my life. I, I, I want there to be joy. And so we try to find things to make us feel joyful 
And maybe if I could just change this circumstance or I could go on this vacation or I could do this activity or I could do that, that would be what brings me joy. But the Bible here in Jesus' parable in Luke 13 is saying, no, the first thing you do is you dig deeper to find out why is there, what's going on at the root that is causing there to not be fruit growing. So you might dig deeper and you might go, well, maybe... As I really look at what's going on deep in my heart, deep in my life, deeper in the secrecy of what's going on as me as an individual, I start to recognize um, maybe God will show you that there's some, some bitterness at the root. Maybe he'll show you there's some unforgiveness at the root. Maybe he'll show you there's a, some sort of secret pattern that's going on in your life that no one else knows about. And so at the root level, there's some sickness going on there. And, and, and so many of us, like, we're trying to fix it on the surface level and saying, no, 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 you need to dig in. You need to dig in a little bit deeper. And we've got to stop blaming the circumstances of what's going on in our lives and, and, and commit to the way of saying, okay, God, I'm going to let you dig deep into what's going on in my life because I want to produce fruit. I love the way that David said this in Psalms 139, verse 23. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What is he saying? He's saying, God, I'm ready to do the dirty work. I'm ready to dig in. I'm ready to dig a little bit deeper and, and, and dig around my situation. And your situation, it, it, it might be a financial situation. You, you might be disappointed in your finances. And, and when, instead of just looking at what are some quick ways I can try to find money and how, how can I get the bills paid this month so I'm not living just paycheck to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, is like maybe as you dig in, God will show you that there's, there's something going on at the root in your life as you search your heart where like there's, there's not a trust there. There's not a generosity that's growing there and it's, it's because of a lack of trust, a lack of faith or something. Who knows? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe in your marriage you're going, I'm, I feel like I'm investing into my marriage, but the truth is, if you were to be honest, you haven't really dug in deep. You haven't really read the books on how to meet her needs. You haven't gone to marriage counseling. You haven't really committed. You, you, there, there's been these things, and it's like there's got to be this commitment of, okay, number one, I'm, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to dig in deeper. So for a, I'm going to put a, a time frame where I'm going to say I'm not going to waste time anymore. I'm not going to just sit around and expect things to change on their own. I'm making the commitment. Now's the time. I'm digging in. And then he says no, the second thing. He says then I'm going to fertilize it. Now I grew up uh, in, a, in a church year, years ago, they would use what was called the King James Version Bible. It's a much older um, uh, version of English, and with that, it was much color, more colorful language. So instead of it saying, I'm going to dig around it and, and, and fertilize it, it actually says, I'm going to dig it, and I'm going to dung it. I'm going to dig it. And I'm going to dung it. And I dung it. And I love it because of the picture this puts. Because there's been so many times in my life when I feel like failure was burying me. And I felt like there was such a, a pile being put on top of me over and over again. That's what Amelie and I talked about last week where it's like one more straw on the camel's back. Well, Jesus here, he's not talking about another straw on the camel's back. He's talking about another sho a shovel of manure on top of your head. And like you're going through one disappointment after another after another. And there can be times in your life where you feel like, man, this stinks. I, I don't like it. Because when you think about the, uh, the texture and the smell, 
and, and, and the composition and the origin of dung, it's not pretty. And none of us want that. But, but, but what is he showing us here is he's showing us that sometimes we need to be placed in, in a, an undesirable environment in order for God to be able to use that to fertilize us in a way where we then can start producing the fruit that he wants us to produce. Sometimes it's that very situation that you're thinking, God, why would you allow that to happen to me? Do you see what was just shoveled on top of my head right now? It's like, I don't want any more of this. And, it, 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 and maybe that very thing that, that stinks so bad in your life right now is what God is using to try to change you, to try to help you produce to bring some health back to the deeper parts where we just talked about digging deeper. Maybe, maybe there's some, some root issue where there, there needs to be some health there. And he's thinking, I need to take you to a place, right, where, where I'm, there's going to be some difficulty. There's going to be some struggle. And it, it, it might come over and over again. And it's not going to be desirable. But that place is going to get you to where you're healthy enough to where you're able to start producing the type of fruit in your life that I want you to produce, now, am I saying God is just going to come around and shovel dung all over you? He's just going to come in and keep bringing difficult things to you? Because there's some of you, if you're honest, you're like, I feel like I'm buried in a pile right now. And you might just put that in the chat if you feel like you are struggling right now, feeling like you've just been buried. Write that in the chat. I'm buried right now. I feel like I'm buried. Maybe it's that God cares about you so much that, that, that he wants to... Put some undesirable things in your life because it'll produce something in you that maybe you weren't even expecting it to produce. It's interesting. We, we used this verse last week, but I want to look at it again because maybe our perspective needs to change about our circumstances to where we go, this is a big pile I'm in to going, wait, maybe this is God fertilizing me. James 1 says this in verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Your difficulties, church, your difficulties, my friends, that are listening to me right now, might actually be the very thing that you need. It's a hard thing to deal with when you're going through it. But I even talked about it a little bit last week as well, that there are times we would go through things in life, and when we're going through it, we think this is the most miserable thing ever. I cannot believe how horrible this is. This is a pile I'm in the middle of right now. And you want to just sit in that pile and go, well, well, if anything, maybe it's warm here. But other than that, it, I don't like it. I don't like the way my life smells. I don't like the way my life looks. I don't like the way it feels. And like you, you go through those seasons, but, but then you come out of that season, and later you look back on it, you're like, thank God for that. Thank God for that season. Thank God for the fact that he let me go through those difficulties. And I had all of that piled up on me for so long. Because if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be able to be where I'm at today. And for so many of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You understand that. You say, I never would have chosen the difficulty that I went through. I never would have chosen the disappointment. I never would have chosen the quarantine. I never would have chosen being locked in the same house with a bunch of teenagers uh, during the quarantine, learning how to be 
be a, a, a homeschool parent. I, I never would have chosen that. I never would have chosen getting laid off. I never would have chosen any of these things. But then you look back on it and you go, but what that did is that produced a patience in me. And that produced a, a gentleness in me and a kindness in me. And now all of a sudden I'm starting to recognize the fruit of the Spirit is all of a sudden coming out all around me and I'm bearing it again. Why am I bearing it? I didn't just decide I was going to be patient. I didn't just decide I was going to be joyful. These things happened because God taught them to me when I was going through a difficult time. See, you can't manufacture the fruit of the Spirit. And I say this lighthearted, but Paul even talked about it. That means sometimes we need to be careful what we pray for. And, and we should be praying that God grows us and God changes us. See, God loves you enough to where he, he, he will receive you and forgive you exactly where you are, but he loves you enough to not let you stay there. He wants to see you change, okay? He wants to grow you. He wants to give you a better life. So we pray prayers like, God, would you please help me become a better man? And let me just warn you, a prayer like that might mean that God might send someone with a big wheelbarrow that doesn't look too nice coming up right behind you. And that's why Paul warns us, he says, don't pray for patience. Well, it's like, wait, God wants us to be patient. What is Paul saying? He's saying because when you pray for patience, you know what you're going to get? Is you're going to get opportunities where, where you're going to have to deal with being patient, if you, if you pray for patience, you're going you're gonna to go through things where you're like, I want it to happen now, and it doesn't happen. And a season later, it still hasn't happened yet. And a season later, it still hasn't happened yet. It, because God is not going to just hand it to you. What he's going to do is he's going to grow it in you. And he grows it in you over time through those fertilizers. So I want to encourage you today. Because I think many of you listening to me right now might feel like there's areas of your life. You might be able to point out one. You might be able to say, my whole life feels like there's no fruit. I want to encourage you today that, that maybe you're in a season right now where God is expecting you to dig in a little bit, to dig around it. And he's putting some fertilizer on you right now because you're coming into a season, a season of fruitfulness. So with this, I want to encourage you to, to practice something. I want to encourage you to practice patient urgency. What are you talking about? Those are two completely different things. doesn't even make sense. Well, well actually, both patience and urgency are... Uh, both at play in this same story because there's a patience where, 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 where the manager of the field is saying, no, no, let's give it one more year. Let's not give up. Let's not quit on this yet because for some of you, you're right at the point where you want to quit and, and, and the word of God for you right now, what you need to hear is that it is not time to quit. Do not quit. Give it some more time. There needs to be some patience here because the truth about it is, is you, you, your, your relationship is not as bad as you think it is. You just haven't been digging into it the way you should. And your health is not as bad as you think it is. You just haven't been digging in as much as you should. So you got to be patient with it and not just throw it out. Don't just cut the tree down. But there's also an urgency here. There's an urgency where the, the field owner is saying, listen, I'm not going to waste good soil and good ground on a tree that's not producing. So there's an urgency to, to recognize, is there anything in my life that needs to be uprooted and moved out because it is wasting the ground that I have? Because listen, you are a limited resource. Our Heavenly Father is not a limited resource. He's got everything, but you only have so much of you. 
You only have so much energy. You only have so much time. You only have so many days on this earth. So there's only so much of your ground and there is no time. There's an urgency here where you say, there is no wasted ground. There is no wasted space here. So if I have a relationship that, that I've for years I've tried to pour into and all I'm getting is negative out of it, it might be time to get urgent enough to say, I'm putting a deadline on it and if there's not change here, I'm cutting this out of my life. Or behavior and going, every time I go back to this, every time I go to this bar, it brings out something negative. Every time I go to this friend group, every time I hang out with this group of people, it's like I'm investing into something and the return is not only, maybe not only not fruitful, but maybe it's bad fruit. It's time to uproot that and get that out of there. There's got to be an urgency to say, no, it's time that this moves on. So my encouragement to you, this brothers and sisters, is that if you feel like you've been disappointed, if you feel like things have not been fruitful in your life, be encouraged. Because maybe God is preparing you right now and teaching you right now in this season because he is growing fruit in you that all of a sudden you're going to look around and go, wow, I can't believe what he did. So I want to encourage you this week to uh, Spend some time alone with God, just like David did when he said, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Like, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Ask him, God, is there, is there anything I need to dig in more deeply into? Is, is, is there any circumstance I'm looking at that I need a perspective change on? Because I've been thinking I've just been dung on, but, but really, maybe this is something that you're allowing to happen to me because you're changing me. Is there anything in my life that I need to uproot to, to get it out of the good ground of my life because it's wasting the soil of my life? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I know that this is a word right now that that for some of us can maybe feel a little bit heavy because we recognize, you know what, I don't feel like my life is as fruitful as I wish it was. And I pray for your encouragement here. I pray for a perspective change. I pray that we wouldn't see our lives the way that we just naturally see it, but we would see our lives the way that you see our lives. So help us, God, to see the fact that you're trying to grow your fruit in us and help us to be cooperative with it. Help us to be fully committed to living the type of life that you want us to. Disciplining ourselves to, to, to staying close to you and doing life your way. Help us to, to look at the circumstances of our life differently. And then God, right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would pour conviction on each and every person that needs to uproot something from their life. And I pray that you would give us the courage to go chop those trees down, uproot them, get out whatever is going on in the ground of our life that is keeping us sick, that is keeping us from moving forward. Help us, God, as we move forward. We love you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for this word of encouragement. And we pray that in this season to come, we would see more fruit grow in each and every one of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for your grace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you and happy Mother's Day. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, 
and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.